My journey has been one of returning from the darkness and stepping out into the light once more. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Trivial. While you're sitting trying to figure that out, this is my podcast. Allegedly. Logos and Trivial podcast. I'm Chance Lunsford. I'm also Logos and Trivial. Maybe you're also Logos and Trivial. While you're trying to figure out whether or not you are and what that even means to you, let me introduce today's two very special guests. I have with me two legends of the uh, sort of, uh, let's call it the self-optimization realm of Twitter. And these are two gentlemen that I've connected with because uh, I really respect the way that they offer a lot of wisdom to some of the younger crowd in that realm and continue to challenge many of us, myself included, to, to be a little better, to do a little better, and to do it with some class and some strength. Uh, we have with us, first of all, Billy Redhorse, the gentleman mystic. Hey. And he's a man who, when he's not busy showing videos of deadlifting, he's showing pictures of him with with classy shoes, he's showing, he's showing pictures of him meeting up with some of the finest that uh, the Twitter realm has to offer. And he's, he's constantly highlighting the fact that there's, there's a need for more class, for uh, more respect, for a more gentlemanly uh, nature to the interactions that we have online and indeed in real life. And uh, I have with me second, Dennis Hines. The uh, Mr. Do Hard Things, we'll call him. And uh, he's a man who <laughs> is something else. Uh, he, uh, whether, he's, whether he's spinning around on trapeze bars or lifting kettlebells or climbing up barn sides or a, a countless collection of other things, he's always demonstrating that you're – never too old to do hard things. And both of these gentlemen I've had on the podcast before, and I'm honored to bring them back for this art of living series, because we're going to talk about the art of the elder. And just before I pass it over to each of these gentlemen to tell you a little bit more about who they are and what they do, I just want to give you a heads up that uh, we have some connection issues. We'll say might get a little choppy here and there. Uh, so bear with us because I'm confident that this podcast is going to be something that you're going to want to listen to uh, probably more than once because as the nature with wisdom goes, uh, you rarely absorb it all at once. So, so with that sort of uh, rambling introduction, uh, why don't we pass it over to uh, Mr. Red Horse first and why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do so the audience can uh, be a little more familiar with you if they're not already. Hey. Uh Thanks once again, Mr. Lunsford, for the invite. This is, as you said, our second go-round, and uh, good to spend some time with you and my my brother, uh, fellow Gray Wave uh, elder, Mr. Hines. Uh, I am just doing my thing, and my thing is very simply uh, living a joyful life and uh, about beauty and manners and kindness and um, trying to to be a better man today than I was yesterday, and hopefully through example, uh, encouraging other men and even women to be better 
today than yesterday and better tomorrow than today. You know, it sounds kind of uh, like a platitude and it sounds very uh, simple minded in this day and age where, you know, everything is so disposable and so, uh, you know, temporary. And um, it's been my experience that uh, the, the old ways, you know, they, they have, they have benefit. They have, they have merit. And, um, granted, if you'd have told me when I was 20 that I'd be taking the path that I'm taking now, I'd call you a a crazy man. But, uh, one of the things that we've, uh, you know, a lot of men say, you know, the, the older my daddy gets, the smarter he gets. And that's, uh, that's when we, we realized that, uh, you know, the, the, the world's not out to get us and nobody is out to, to make us look like fools. We're, we're more than capable of doing that on our own. And so I, as I said, I speak to manners. Uh, my uh, stated goal is uh, the, the goal of transcendence, which is to, to go beyond the uh, limitations that we place on ourselves, the uh, real or imagined uh, constraints of our society. And, um, believe me with what we're going on in our, in our world right now, I'm having plenty of opportunity to, to, to get around some constraints. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Well, I won't, but I, I will thank say you. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for the introduction. And what about you, Mr. Hines? Uh, why don't you fill them in a little bit more about who you are and what you're doing? Pretty much what he said. <laughs> <laughs> a little shorthand right there. <laughs> I think we, I think uh, both of us gentlemen uh, come from the same spot. Uh, pretty much. Uh, I have a different cut on it. And that, that's what the whole do hard things is about. Uh, I use that as a metaphor and as an example, but it's, it's not about stunts. Those are fun. That's part of the entertainment of it. But uh, that's why Billy and I can agree on many things is because we have that same, um, that same set of standards and those same sorts of um, beliefs that uh, came from our generation, basically. We share those. So I just try to do it in a different way, but it's it's still the same message, you know. So that that's pretty much me. Very good. Thing. You know, I mean, that's what it is. It's, 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 I, I put that out there, and it's not just about like I say, the, the activity, just physical activity, there are so many things that we shy away from mm. and uh, because they're hard or they, they make us uncomfortable. And that's really what I'm referring to is the things that you know in your conscience that you should do, but you don't. You know, the conscience... <laughs> It's, isn't it amazing that we all know we have one and we all know it provides us with the, the correct answers, but we so often, especially in our youth, 
try to come up with an excuse or a rationalization for why we shouldn't heed that message. And um, I, I often I often make the point that resistance training refers to a lot more than just weights. You know, my my dad used to tell me, uh, lean into death. You don't lean away from death or it'll push you off the cliff. You lean into death, just like a horse against a, a, a barbed wire fence. You lean into it. And I guess I'm curious, and, and I think I'll start with you, uh, Red Horse, is, is this. You talked about the idea that um, there are these constraints and there are these sort of, there's, there's almost this sort of uh, planned obsolescence to everything about our society. And there, the reality, though, is that there are certain things that never go obsolete. And respect, being well-mannered, um, being true to your word. These are some of the things that can never go obsolete because the impact that they have on a person's life and on the world around them is is undeniable and is made manifest each time that they're brought about. And I guess I wonder, what do you suppose maybe is the root of some of this sort of societal turnover and or this longing for a new set of rules and and what do you suppose is the answer to the question that's being asked there are multiple points of uh origin for the malaise that i see in our current society uh, it is not a one track uh train um it's a, an accumulation and a, a, a gathering of so many different disparate uh, mindsets and approaches and, and whatever that um, have really created what, I mean, you've, you've heard of the movie and the book, The Perfect Storm. Well, that's, we, we are, right now, we are in the middle of a perfect storm, uh, emotionally, physically mentally, spiritually, and self-expressively. And it's, uh, you know, it, it is my perspective. And again, that's, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, but it's what we are seeing today with all of the, the uh, I'm sorry, there's no other way to, to say this. The insanity of our culture right now is, is you know, it, it is a perfect storm. And if you try to, to, to stand in the, in the, and, and shout down a tornado, uh, you're going to be picked up. You're going to be carried out of Kansas and you're probably going to end up really dead. So what, what my perspective is as far as, yeah, we can sit and analyze why, but I'm always of a mind that it, why questions are, better left to people that are smarter than I am. Um, I, I work more on what can I do to make things better for me and consequently those around me. Um, I don't try to save the world. I don't try to, to, to proselytize or convince people to do anything. Um, I am, as my, my brother, Mr. Hines, will vouch for, what you see online, what you see in this video is who I am. And vice versa. He is, he's, you know, Dennis is everything that you think he is and more. And, and uh, but we, 
me, I, it's the only thing to do is to just pick some starting point and, and take one step from there. Again, a platitude. It's a, you know, something I say a lot online is that uh, old saws are old saws for a reason. They have merit, they have value. And, you know, I don't think any young man, especially in the West has ever not wanted to bow up his, his neck against authority has not wanted to make his own way has not wanted to prove that the, the, the older people telling him, well, you might want to consider this, whatever this is, the, you know, you, you've never experienced what I've experienced before. We know that's all horseshit. That's not <laughs> true. It is not true. But again, if I was to go back in time now to, you know, that's one of the great thought experiments. Well, if you were to go back in time and talk to your 20 year old self, what would you say? Well, I'd say everything I'm saying right now. And that 20 year old wouldn't listen. <laughs> He's like, he, he would look at me and say, I can't believe you sold out, man. I can't believe you. You rolled over. You let the man take you over. Okay. The man took me over, but I'm telling you what the man today, you know, the, the metaphorical man out there that's oppressing everybody. Um, it's, it's just, it, it is a symptom of a much deeper malaise. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about anything um, other than we've lost our way. And for me and me alone, as I, I will only speak for me, the things that I saw in my youth that the old farts that didn't know what the hell they were talking about, they knew what they were talking about. And now I'm in the position of, of eating a big uh, plate of humble pie and crow for me, me calling them. Oh man. Oh man. So, you know, I, every chance I get, you know, if I encounter an elder from my past or you know, I, I, in my tradition, you, 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 you pass things on, you pay it forward or whatever, rather than going back specifically to where something happened. And I'll, you know, I'll apologize to a tree. I'll apologize to a, to a, a group of ants. I'll apologize to a total stranger about something. If I, if I get the vibe that they will know what I'm talking about. So, I mean, that's a rambling, rambling answer to your question, but it's, that question is, it's too big, Mr. Lunford. It's too big for, I mean, that, that alone could require multiple podcasts. I agree. Uh, but what I do appreciate about your answer is it, it touches upon a lot of things that, that will help us to frame this conversation moving forward. And I sometimes think about what you're talking about as sort of a, uh, maybe like a psychological autoimmune disease or a societal autoimmune disease where, mm. um, and from my perspective, you know, I'm, I'm in my thirties. My dad is approaching 70 and uh, he, he's a lot different than other people, even, even around, he's a hardcore dude. I mean, just, uh, just kind of a savage man and, and strong and wise and, but, and disciplined and, and, sticks to his word in a way that frightens a lot of people away from him. And, wow. you know, he sort of raised me to be like that, but, and I, and I rebelled hard against that. I have a, I have a strong will myself and I needed to be able to push him away hard enough to be able to find my place to shape it. And I made a lot of mistakes and boy, 
you mentioned humble pie and I can't imagine a, a day in the next rest of my life that I'm not going to remember something that I did in my teens or twenties and just uh, sort of, well, I mean, <laughs> I know better now, mm-hmm. but that, that's, that sort of brings me to another, um, another question. And, and let's point this one at you, Mr. Hines, which is the, the complexity of the situation as Red Horse pointed out, is sort of beyond imagining. It's it's beyond the scope of of really any true understanding, especially in a connected world like this. But there's a quote that I think of often from a man named Bill Mollison, and he said, "The problems of the world are becoming increasingly complex, but the solutions remain embarrassingly simple." Mm. And I think that what you do. Each of you, but we'll bring this to you, Mr. Hines, is you, you sort of highlight the truth of that, which is, look, it is a crazy world. It's full of all kinds of confusion and choices and options, but, but do hard things. Find your thing and, and go for it. And when you meet resistance, push through it and become stronger. And I guess I wonder, um, it seems to be the case that there are only a handful of answers to any of the human questions. And I wonder why um, do you suppose it takes people so long to figure that out? And, and maybe, um, maybe some of the ways you've learned how to accelerate that process in your own life. I mean, maybe accelerate is not the right word, but uh, you know, some of the heuristics or things that you've used to help you uh, sort of make that process of, uh, coming around to the right way happen a little faster with greater ease. Hmm. Um, not that I know the right way. What I try to, what I try to do is, is manage what I can. Um, take for example, um, resistance. You speak about resistance. There are, um, There are two, there are probably a few, but there are two different ways to look at resistance or the the way that I look at resistance. Uh, On the one hand, I look at resistance as a good thing. Resistance to temptation. There's an ability that we have to, to control our behavior by not doing things. And we've got to remember to use that side of the, of the tool. Don't forget that. But on the other side, uh, the resistance, I think, is driven very, very deeply in us. It's not just that we're lazy. The resistance, to me, the resistance is tied to very deeply into our human nature. We, at the same time, we do two things. Uh, We go out and forage. We go out, we have that drive, but we also pull in uh, to be comfortable. We pull in for security. So you have the two things. You have action and you have a reaction of security. The... um, 
So I think that's what resistance is, is, is almost a, a, um, a trait that we have to be comfortable, to be safe, to stay where you are and to not change, to not take action in this direction because you wait, I'm okay where I'm at. What am I doing? It's called comfort. We're, we're comfortable. We're, we like to stay there. And that's the driver of resistance for me. But it's deeper than just uh, what you don't feel like doing that day. It is a part of our nature to do that. So at least that's the way I look at it. And then to an actionable thing, a thing that I use to overcome resistance. I see the thought, I want to do this. I want to do that. I should do this. I should. Do. These are the actions that I'm thinking about. And then I actually have to do that action. And between those two things, there's a gap. There is a moment in time. And that is all you have to bridge. You just have to step across that and take that step across that by an act of will. You step across that gap and you go from thought to action. And it's not like the action is anything. It's the smallest, 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 smallest iota of, a, of an action is where that connects. And then everything bridges off of that. Everything builds off of that but you have to bridge that gap and once you do that it's a trick you learn how to do that and you get better and better and better and you just think in your head snap bridge the gap and before you know it you're in action and that's kind of the way that i deal with resistance on almost every level is i look at it okay there's the gap act and uh so that's 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 something that people can look at and think, okay, I want to do this or I want to do that. And you have that resistance. I want to write, but I don't uh, need another cup of coffee. Boy, it's nice outside. Uh, maybe I'll do some kettlebells first. You know, that's, those are natural, you know, okay. Yeah. I do that all the time. But then I, I just realized that that's that, that, uh, like Pressfield puts it, you know, with the, in the war of art, uh, it, it's this, um, it's very insidious. It's got a lot of different faces. It can do it in a lot of different ways. All of a sudden it's like, yeah, I think I'll do this first because I can do that later. You make deals with yourself. You do all that. And that's, that's part of the discipline is to know that you're, you're jerking yourself around. And uh, it's like, no, come on, snap out of it, bridge the gap, and go. So there's that. <laughs> there's a there's a piece of this that I'd like you to touch on, Red Horse, and and I'll frame it a little bit. There was a great concept I was introduced to by a guy named Kirk Duncan, and he he talked about what Dennis just talked about in terms of sort of a buffer between idea and manifestation and that buffer zone the thickness of that membrane was determined by a couple of things number one is is how much you trust yourself and number yeah. two is is how much the the universe god 
whatever the force is that aligns things in, in the favor of your choices, um, trust you. And what I mean by that is the, the example he used, and I think it's a perfect example is if you're driving down the road and somebody cuts you off, you might wish doom upon that man. You might wish his car explodes and, but there's a big buffer between you and that guy's car exploding. Maybe you have the power within you to move mountains, but you have this buffer zone to go, should I really um, explode that guy's car? Should I really manifest that into reality? And because you are not mature enough to maybe not ever even have that thought or even just to neutralize it immediately upon recognition that it's there, you have this buffer zone. But the more that over time you begin to narrow your focus to the things that you know you want to do or that are in alignment with your principles, the thinner that membrane becomes so that then that gap that you have to leap across becomes thinner because you can trust yourself to make good decisions. And Exactly. Yeah, I'll buy that, that 100%. Yeah. And I, I know, you know, it's the gentleman mystic. It's not just the gentleman. And I wonder sort of your thoughts on on that concept and how how maybe you think about it differently or the same or, or ways in which a person might begin to thin that membrane a little bit? Well, first off with, you know, things mystical and mysterious and uh, uh, unexplainable or difficult to explain, uh, we have been sold a bill of goods from Hollywood for decades about what magic and mystery and mysticism is and is not. And the, it, in my world, uh, the, the most magical thing is a butterfly. It is, it is the, the, the joy I feel when I shake another man's hand that I respect that uh, the, uh, a wonderfully prepared meal that I know has been prepared consciously. So the, the stuff that, uh, you know, when, when people hear me talk from that perspective of the gentleman mystic, a lot of folks are like, is that all there is? Oh yeah, that's all there is. So now to your question about the membrane, I would call the membrane something else, a very, uh, very nebulous. And in this day, very, um, uh, increasingly rare element, and that's called accountability. We, you know, you were you were talking about the example of the you know road rage. Well, you may not have the the you know you can move mountains. You may not have the ability to uh, you know Hollywood his vehicle off into a ditch and it blow up, but you very definitely have the potential to to floor your vehicle and do a bump and run. But there's accountability that's involved. You know that if you do that, uh, you you actually may cause a life to be taken. And you know, I've I've been speaking lately uh, on you know publicly about second and third order consequences. You know, there's there are, because our society this day seems to be so ignorant and oblivious to accountability. For, for, you know, forget first order consequences that they're not thinking about. They're absolutely not taking into consideration those that second and third degree. And you have to cultivate accountability. Yeah, I suspect that, you know, based on what you've talked about your red ass dad, and that is a compliment. He's a, if, if he's a red ass, he, that's a bad man. 
And, you know, I've, the stuff that I did when I was young, I was, I was, a, you know, I was an arrogant fool. I was an asshole. And, you know, if, if I had thought about my own accountability then and my own second and third order consequences, uh, where I am right now, I probably would have been there 20, 25 years ago. But I've had to, I've had to, to recognize the importance of accountability. And the, the more accountable I am, the thinner that membrane gets. And it becomes less and less like an insulating uh, mechanism and more, more a, a conductive thing. It allows me to do things. It doesn't stop me from doing things. It helps me to do things mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I, I, I try to cast aside the things in life that are distractions because they're they're I mean we're always even back in the caveman days there's distractions we just have more of them now but there's you know as uh, you know, the the uh, concept you alluded to earlier that yeah the, uh, the the problems may be getting more complicated but the solutions are still pretty simple and pretty limited so you know if if nothing else you know back to your first question that you asked me. Uh, if I could only pick one funnel, one channel to focus on for, you know, why are we where we are right now? It would be a lack of accountability. You know, that's demonstrable in the, um, the, the participation trophy mindset. (laughs) We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I, I am the gentleman mystic. I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but you do more people disservices by saying it's okay that you didn't give everything you had. It's okay that you didn't want to be uncomfortable and do hard things. You know, I'm sure a lot of people that have followed uh, our little corner of Twitter for a while that, that follow myself and my brother, Mr. Hines would almost think that we're diametrically opposed because I'm always speaking of comfort and, and joys and, and uh, nice things and food. And, but then you see pictures of me deadlifting 400 pounds. I don't view do hard things as we must suffer. I am, I am anti-suffering, but I am not anti, let's persevere. Let's, let's see how we can grow. You know, we were speaking of resistance earlier, you know, resistance training. You know, you don't get strong. You don't get big without having, having something to push against, whether it's the mother earth, whether it's a barbell, whether it's, uh, you know, as you like to do, you know, stone lifting and, and tree branches and, you know, that's, <laughs> that's, that's big medicine. Good stuff. You got to, there's all of that still ties into accountability. And until you realize that, okay, if you don't prepare for something, when it happens, you can't go crying to mommy and daddy, whether it's your physical mother and father, whether it's some government agency. You know, no, you've got to, you know, part of what it is to be a man is to be accountable. And that's why there's so many uh, males walking around today that are not men. When I first came to the internet, the, the world of the social internet, which was not so long ago, October of 2018, if I recall correctly. One of the things I knew is that the internet has a way of digging up your past and using it against you if you've been hiding it. 
And I knew that I had some messages that I needed to deliver. And so one of the things I first did is I was just very clear about, look, I used to, I used to be a criminal. I used to be a violent man. I used to be addicted to drugs and booze and, uh, you know, porn and, and everything. And I had to get counseling. I had to go to jail. I, I just sort of laid it all out there because I knew if, if, if I start from this platform, here's all, here's all my skeletons, then I, I had nothing that could be used against me. But part of that was also my message is in large part, you have to be accountable. My whole deal is look, yeah, I did all those things. And now I'm a man I'm proud to be. I went from wanting to not exist to being proud and happy and joyful that I exist every day. Every day I wake up, mm. I put my feet on the ground and I say, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. Hello world, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here. And I mean it. And the thing about that is, in order for me to adequately convey just how long of a journey that's been, I had to start by saying, here's where I was. And the thing I constantly tell people is, look, do you think it was easy to turn around and face the disaster behind me? Do you think it was easy to own all of those things and admit to all those countless mistakes just year after year after year of no good decisions at all? Of course it wasn't. Do you think it was easy for me to say, here's all my mistakes, world. I just wanted you to know about them so you couldn't use them against me later and I could convey a message that you might actually believe. Of course it's not. Nobody wants to deal with that, but it's necessary. And that sort of brings me to my point with this is some things are necessary in order for you to live a worthy life, a life that you can be joyful within, that you can be proud of, that you can shine like a lighthouse in a sea of people full of confusion, full of darkness, full of distraction. If you want to counteract that, there are certain necessary things. And one of the tasks that I have given myself is to be able to find joy in the needful things. Does the house need to be cleaned? Yeah, it does. Does the food need to be cooked? Yeah, it does. Does my body need to be taken care of? Yeah, of course it does. Do I need to do a good job at work? Yes, of course I do. So how can I look within myself and figure out the ways in which I can enjoy those things that I can not just accept the fact that they need to be done, but if I don't want to live my life hating the things that I have to do, that's that's a recipe for disaster. I learned that the hard way. And so I guess... Uh, I'm curious, and, and I probably want to kick this over to you, Dennis, is, you know, your life is very sort of Spartan, especially right now, but it seems to be filled with uh, things that many folks view as the other stuff besides the life. Um, and it's, those are the things that you have focused on, whether it's the whether it's the taking care of your body or whether it's taking care of the mind and, you know, doing the writing or, or uh, spending time with the wife or, or these kinds of things. And I guess I just wonder how is it that you have been able to create the system for your life where you're able to find the joy in the necessary things to find the joy in the things that, um, 
you know, are hard, but that you do them and then you find enjoyment with them. You know, your trapeze thing is a great example the other day. <laughs> I, I talked to you about that. You, you know, you set that up off of bits and bobs and odds and ends. And, and obviously uh, that was kind of a fun thing, but it's not there just for you to twirl around and, and laugh at yourself. There's a reason that you put that up there and um, you didn't have to do that. You know, you could have retreated to the woods and just sort of like said, well, I guess I have to be here because the uh, circumstances, I'll probably just plop down here and reread the three Mark Twain books that I left in this cabin 20 years ago. But you've decided to continue on with those needful things. And I guess I just wonder how is it that you've been able to, to, to do that with your life? Mm. I guess I guess part of uh, early on, and I don't. It, it's just an accident. I don't. I don't take any special credit or anything. But um, because of conditions and the way that I grew up, and I think a lot of who we are is who. It starts when we grow up, and 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 the, the circumstances that we're in, and uh, for me, it's it, very early on. I, I thought it was more important. I was a kind of a rebellious kid. Um, so very, you know, I was a little, I was that little smart mouth kid. I was real small and, you know, I was always smarter than everybody else. So I was just giving them, giving them hell. You know, I mean, it's just, that's, that's, that was my role. Um, but in, in also being rebellious, what I learned or what I thought was that it was for me to, to feel um, good for me, I, for me to feel like I was uh, who I was, it was important for me to curate my own pleasure and my own values and not let it be driven by what the teacher said or uh you know what somebody else said or the 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 cool kids said so i've always kind of gravitated toward the rebel which is an american icon i mean that has always been there so i bought into that i bought into uh james dean you know i i bought into um pushing against it uh, that's one of the things that i think when you when we could bridge this real quick over into the idea of uh, how do, how do you get from where you're at to a place that you want to be and um, start it when you're younger? Like it's a, you know, do I have to, as a young man, do I have to make all my mistakes like, like every other, you know, like it's just like everybody else is doing, or can I learn from my elders? Can I learn from the experience and what's happened? And, uh, one of the things, a rule of thumb, one of the things for me that came out of that rebelliousness was a, a rule of thumb to question authority. I think it's important because then that makes you define where you're coming from, what it is when you see that. You, you you can see whether you agree with it or disagree with it, but in the in the in the, the course of doing that, it clarifies in your mind where you it's a reflector. It comes back on you that oh well, I am more. I really don't care about this or the authority said this. Uh, case in point, uh, 
when I was a child, there still existed um, water fountains that said whites only. Okay. I had grown up on base uh, in Germany, which had a very different ethic. So when I moved to Kentucky and we were there, I drank from the black kids fountain. And it's just that's that's what how that was my you know fight against the man the system i didn't so the things like that are very early on have a way of defining who you are later so to make a long circuitous thing back to it is that um a lot of the the things that i like to do are simple yeah um because that's i'm closer to ground um with simple things, the, the, the feedback is more immediate. I get it quicker. I, I, um, the depth is more, instead of having a lot of bells and whistles, I would rather it be more pure and come down to some basic, very simple things. So that's kind of what the whole, it's not so much that I, want to um, jump on the Spartan bandwagon and be a Spartan. It's just for me, um, for lunch, I'll have a can of tuna. Because in that tuna, that can of tuna is a damn good can of tuna. And you get that for nothing. For a can of tuna, you can get that feeling, damn, this is Oh, you know, so that's kind of how that developed is. And it's I, I found in my own personal case that going simpler is going deeper. It's mm-hmm. it's there's a that's the direction is is in simplicity, not in complexity. So for me, that's that's my general predilection is to try and 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 go into the heart of of very simple things because I know what I find there and they're usually very deep, good things and and they're very rewarding in and of themselves and not um, defined by somebody else. So like, you know, what is wealth? What is success? What is, it's like you get to define that. Now, the greater sophistication absolutely is is in simplicity. You know, I heard the great American philosopher uh, Alex Van Halen, the drummer for the band Van Halen, <laughs> said decades ago that you know you can you can be in a jazz band and have you know fifteen different chord changes and ten time changes and you know, impress people like you know like nobody's business. But if you can keep people interested with a 12-bar blues, you are doing something that is magic. Again, back to that word, magical. Yeah. So I'm with my brother there. I mean, one of the basic tenets of, of my whole approach, I mean, you wouldn't know it to look at the office around me right now, but is absolutely simplification, streamlining, you know, jettison the things that are a a potential distraction so that you can focus on that can of tuna. So you can focus on that last rep where you're feeling every muscle fiber and going, yes, 
this is what it is to be alive. Yeah, at that moment, that's all there is. That's why you were born was that, that one rip. Exactly. Yeah, the, exactly. That, that, that one kiss from, from your beloved. The, uh, you know, the, just this is why we're here. This is why we're born. This is and what see, that's a missing. big challenge. That's, that's one. I don't mean to step on you, Billy, but Ooh, uh, that's a big challenge is to, it's a skill set over time. And you work at, I do, uh, I work at it is like what I see those things are, they're like pearls. Those moments are like pearls and all I, my behavior, my actions are trying to string pearls together. So, so I can stay conscious and present in the moment and see there's a pearl. There's another one. There's another one. It's endless. That is the miracle that is what where we are is it, it, but we don't see it because of all the various noise that we have mm-hmm. but that that whole idea of, of those moments that are pure um that is magic that well, it is the magic you know that is, uh, the, the the buzzword for the last several years is mindfulness and yeah what what you are talking of is legitimate and true mindfulness not some synthetic thing oh i will be in this moment i will catalog my thoughts i will no tuna pearl kiss you know uh sweat running in my eyes and burning my eyes yes it is that simple yeah and it's that difficult that's uh, you know you talked about before Red Horse about the idea of talking to your 20 year old self and your 20 year old self just remaining unchanged. And, and you sort of talked about too, uh, Mr. Hines, the idea that, um, that, you, you know, it wasn't until you really understood the power of these things, these pearls that you really started focusing on just really stringing together pearls. And I guess, my question or sort of my thought on this is do you suppose, do you suppose that beyond a certain extent, it's even really possible for let's say someone in their twenties listening to this right now to, to go beyond a certain point with this process? Because one of the things I found in my own life is I need to have a bank of experience in, in my response to certain things before I understand what my kiss is, before I understand what my last rep is, before I understand what my can of tuna is, I need a little bit of that chaos so I can go, I don't like that. And I love this. And then to steer myself towards those things. And, and, and look, like I said, I'm in my thirties. I'm not, I'm, I'm still a young man, but I can tell you right now that I have a, a long list of cans of tuna. It's the look that my wife gives me after we've observed our kids doing something adorable. It's the, it's the feeling I have in, in, in my whole being when I watch my kid climb up over a rock and, and slip and then catch herself and then put that leg up and climb back up. It's the yeah, it's life. It's life. Yeah. And I, I, I wonder, good, you know, I'd like I'd like each of you, and maybe maybe we can start with you, Red Horse, to just to speak on the idea of curation, because you you know you 
I, I see your shoes. I see, I see the way that you dress. I see the, the office that you sit in and it's not noisy, but it's curated. It's, you know, the things that you like, and then you, you bring those things into your life. And I, I, I guess I just wonder, do you, how possible is it for a young person to, to really curate the, their life in, in a way that you might after having some experience and to just maybe talk on or touch on that subject a little bit? It is completely possible for every uh, young person, male, female, to, to curate their life. The problem is the old saw of you don't know what it is that you don't know. So you have to, just by trial and error, part of what it is to, to, to grow into adulthood is to don't, maybe the thing to, to do is to kind of have a line of demarcation. When you're young, do a lot of stuff so you find out what you don't like. And then you, maybe there's this, this, this uh, nebulous line that would be different for every person where, okay, I know what I don't like. Now let's cross over and start looking for what I do like. And that would be, for the fur just went up, so I'm on to something there. Um, that would be a good way of approaching it. Um, the, the thing of it is, though, you know, when, when we're young, we, we instinctively recognize that there is something to this elder wisdom. Even if we rebel against it, if we call them old fogies and, 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 and treat them poorly, um, we in our it's it's in our DNA. We know that our ancients, you know, our ancestors live in our bodies. They're talking to us. They they they're in there and speaking. But you know, you don't want a dad or or, or a, you know an authority figure that's always you should you should you should. Especially if what they're telling you to do, they're not doing. You know, don't I I I, I just. I dislike beyond words, the whole do as I say, not as I do mindset. But what you want to look for, you know, we, we, the, the term mentor is bandied about and has been for, you know, decades, but you really want to find a mentor, someone that will call you on your shit. And the, the best thing to do is to try to find what I call the cool uncle. You know, <laughs> He's, he's still got a, he may be old enough to be your dad or your granddad or, you know, even your great granddad, but he's still got that, that twinkle in his or her eye and God still has some of that spirit of rebellion. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 the and I'm going to be crass here. You know, the, 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 the guy that uh, he's lived through enough life that if he's out in public and needs to fart, he does it and doesn't, you know, doesn't think a thing about it. You know, Maybe if he's a gentleman, he'll apologize. Say, "Oh, sorry about that, but had to do it." But to to curate in the manner that you're speaking of, it has to be a conscious thing. You have to be willing to 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 take on the challenge because it doesn't come easy. You know, especially if you buy into the 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 mythology. And believe me, I'm out of the three of us, I'm probably the biggest capitalist in this little group right now. So I don't have a problem with capitalism or, or exchanging value for value. But to to get past the, the this whole mindset of um, you know more is better. No, better is better. And sometimes better means more. Sometimes it means less. Sometimes it means not at all. 
And it's, you know, it, everything we've talked about to this point is interweaving and interlocking. And it still comes back to accountability and knowing that, you know, what you did in your own life, Mr. Lunsford, you, you realized, okay, I can, I can keep on this path and check out early either through, uh, you know, an overdose or pissing somebody off and they, you know, they shoot me or hit me with a tire iron or, you know, make you go to a Madonna concert. <laughs> or you or you you hit that line of the okay i know what i don't want what do i what, i know what i don't like so what do i like okay and you know there's a concept uh, you know, like mindfulness that's bandied about a lot and that's karma you know karma is not this mysterious spiritual thing that you know you walk into a room oh man this room's got bad karma man no, karma is very simply the law of cause and effect and outcome. It's, it's three components. So, yeah, you made a decision. Okay, I need to air out my dirty laundry so people know, you know nothing can be used against me. And But that still doesn't absolve you of having to uh, deal with the consequences of some of those earlier actions, you know. Fortunately, life is constructed in such a way that we can make things better. We can repair damages. It's, there's very few decisions that we make that can't be unmade. Very few when you, when you start getting down into the, the nitty gritty of things. So to be able to have the courage to be accountable, you know, the, the concepts that we're talking about are very tied to the, the, the masculine ethos, accountability, courage, uh, stick to the the willingness to persevere. I won't say suffer, but okay, if you want to suffer, suffer. But it, it all comes down to the one thing that we as human beings, we only have one thing to be able to give back to life that life doesn't already possess. And that is very simply our own self-honesty. If we can be honest with ourselves, the world potentially can be our oyster. Hmm. You have uh, you have thoughts on top of that, Mr. Hines? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I probably do. Um, I think uh, I could I could uh, hook into the accountability aspect of it. I think uh, I agree with everything that was just said about accountability. I think it, Billy Redhorse and I both. Um, see that as, as one of the major linchpins as to what kind of problems that we're seeing now. And it's, uh, it's difficult. Um, there are so many forces, so many factors. I, for me, a lot of it has to do with, um, you can see, I can see accountability. Uh, okay. Accountability exteriorly. Um, if somebody does something wrong, hold their, you know, hold their hand to it. As you know, you, if you trespass, you should have to have the punishment and we don't do that. But there's another, and it, and that I think is, is a significant thing. That's actually what we're seeing with this crisis that we're in right now, which is more than um, a crisis of health. It's a crisis of a way of life that we've allowed to become dominant in our society. 
and that way of life um, holds very little accountability holds very little weight other than the accountability that comes when when nothing else can can shunt it to the side and mother nature brings it home and nature is ruthless okay you if you cannot even uh, meet the mark of accountability no wonder that um, an, an act of nature that has everybody now is thinking about their mortality instead of uh, or of their family of a, or of their children or of what what is the future going to be. That exists all the time. We've just had this virus that comes and takes our filter off. And says, look, this is here all the time, folks. So, uh, yes, accountability is, is how you can make a, um, is a, for me, accountability has to do with adhering to the laws of nature. And we have had, we have made ourselves into such a, a strange beast that we somehow think that we're immune to that in our daily living. And we're not. And I think that's one of the things that's coming home to people is that like, wow, yeah, I am accountable. It does, it does make a difference. I can't just shunt it off into somebody else or blame somebody else or push it into the, the whole, uh, the group, you know, it just goes amorphous into this place. That's like, that's society. No, it's you. And you have to have your own personal accountability. Whether everybody plays that game or not, you still have to play it. I do. That's the way I see it. Um, just because everybody else says the sky is purple doesn't mean I'm going to say that. It goes back to that whole thing. It's like I've watched that throughout our, our, our lives. Billy Red Horse and I have watched the uh, accountability erode on a regular basis, just chipping, 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 chipping away until now we see the result of that when you can go from the very most common thing of, of a personal accountability to the lack of accountability that leads us to a, a situation where the entire world, the structure, is incompetent because it has not been held accountable. That's what builds competence is accountability. And to me, those things are perfectly obvious and it's perfectly like as clear as, as anything. It's like, well, what, what did you expect to happen? You know, so what do you expect? That's where I agree 100% about the accountability. That's a very, very crucial standard that everybody is walking around and not touching. It's the elephant in the room. Who is accountable? Hold them accountable. And, and with accountability, there's got, there, there, that doesn't mean that you just say, well, nanny, nanny, nanny. No, there's got to be skin in that game. 
there's got if someone does wrong, they should have to suffer the consequences. And those consequences should be clear so that we know, okay, if we step over this line, I am going to be held accountable. And these are the consequences. And that whole chain has been broken from a thousand different little cuts and chinks and kicks and, and you know, the whole society and, and is just working against that chain whenever possible. You see it everywhere. It is a running away from responsibility. And, and it, this, this Peter Pan notion that you're going to be a kid forever. And if you don't like the outcome, you just, you know, turn around in three circles and it goes away and you get a reset and, a, and five new lives. It doesn't work like that. Oh, power, now we're seeing that. power and authority without accountability is probably the most dangerous thing in the human realm. Cause when you know that, you know, it, it goes back to the, the earlier thing of the, the you know, the, the road rage. Well, I'll, I'll drive the guy off the road and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the son of, uh, the, the governor of the state of yeah. confusion. And, uh, so I don't, uh, you know, okay, fine. I might get arrested, but I'm not doing any time. No, there's you, 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 what makes a person increasingly powerful is their willingness to accept accountability. And that's what's Amen. missing. That's what's missing. You know, I was having a conversation with my wife a couple of days ago and she's been, she's been through an awakening over the past couple of months. Some of the things that maybe she didn't see eye to eye with me on in terms of power and society and government and these kinds of things, it's, it's sort of just been handed to her on a platter and, and maybe the conversations we've had have cued her to be able to see things a little more clearly, but um, sort of like, oh, I, I understand you a lot more, Chance. And I understand the things that you've been talking to me about a lot more because of everything that's happening. And I, I mentioned to her, she, she asked me a question somewhere along the lines of, what are we supposed to do about this? And it's like, well, it's the same thing you were always supposed to do about it. You make yourself the best you can and, and you and you serve as an example. And I, I brought up this podcast as an example to help her understand what I was talking about. I said, look, I started this year doing something different with this podcast. I wanted to do these series-based things. And I started off with war because there's a lot of reasons because, but I'll, I'll let you figure them out for yourself. And then what did I do? Okay. The war series is over. Here's the art of living. And why am I doing that? Because I want the people who tune into this to go, oh, here are some facets of my life that I can improve within myself, that I can then uh, be a more positive influence on the world around me. And I've, I've, I've mentioned this in every conversation it seems I've had in the last month, but if everybody sweeps their own porch, there's no dirty streets. And my dad said something to me once that upon reflection is one of those moments that you look back upon and it's a turning point in your life. And he said to me after I had gotten in trouble with the law over something, he, he said, look, 
if I, if I hadn't, if I was, if I'd known you when I was young, the only thing I would have wanted to have to do with you is to kick your fucking ass. And even, even at the time when I was not really interested in hearing what he had to say, that's something that hit me because that's my dad and he loves me. And he's always made sure that even though I'm a hard case, even though I'm a serious dude, he's always made sure to communicate how much he loves me. And, and that was a moment where it really hit me. It really shifted my perspective. And, you know, you see people licking groceries. You see people intentionally mm. coughing on stuff or, or th- these sort of things. If, if I saw somebody licking some ice cream in a grocery store and putting it back, I'd hit their head against the freezer door. I, and that's not hyperbole. I do that because I, you know, I was raised with consequences. Like you guys talked about accountability comes the, the second half of accountability is consequences. And we have really done a great job and a massive disservice of removing so many of the consequences from things that used to just have an automatic consequence. You know, you speak dishonorably to a man who's more powerful than you. You used to get a fist, you know, you used to get a bullet. You used to have an immediate consequence. Now, if, if, if you go up and talk trash to a man with a sense of personal honor and the ability to enact that honor, he goes to jail, not you. And, and so what I'm sort of tying into here is we're at a very critical moment in the world where it's, it's up to the individuals to be the best individuals that they can be and to be the example and to have the conversations, but to make themselves the best because there's going to be a correction one way or the other. Like, like you talked about, Dennis, the, Nature's ruthless and it's not necessarily all that patient with fools. And we can choose to take it upon ourselves to correct course. And I, and I don't mean that in sort of a, you know, a trite way, but that we need to return to the things that helped us understand what was right and wrong, what was proper and improper. And, and a lot of those things, it's you just take a look at life and what promotes life and you take a look at death and what promotes death and you align yourself with life. And it's, I'll let people consider what they want to consider about that thing. But if, if we don't do it, it's going to be done to us. And, and you can see it clearly. There needs to be consequences and there will be. And Roman did a pretty good job in that book of talking about what might come. It's a, there's a lot of dead wood and a forest with a lot of dead wood burns right down to the ground. I guess, you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a dire statement, but I, I, I think that it's true. And I guess I just wonder, I guess I just wonder this. Do you suppose that, do you suppose that it's possible that we have not gone past the point of that fire burning things to the ground. Do you think we can turn it around? And, and if so, uh, what's it going to take? And whoever wants to jump in first on this, I, I don't know who to point the gun at, but you know, do, where do you think we stand on that? Well, I'll, I'll stick my toe in the water on this one. Um, 
if the idea is to to look at uh, constructs and organizations and um, you know these these artificially created uh, things, you know whether it be um, the, the basically anything that we would consider the status quo, I suppose. Um, if, if, uh, if those are expected to be the salvation and the turning point for, uh, our, our little blue dot in space, uh, those organizations have proven their incompetence and their, their refusal to, um, address issues and do what they were created to do. You know, most with the exception of uh, healers and teachers, uh, there are a lot of, uh, and you know, I guess merchants, people that provide value and services. Um, for for the most part, the the, the uh, monolithic organizations, sh it should be their job to put themselves out of business. So th there's a problem. The problem is fixed. There's no longer need then for the organization to be around. So the organization goes away and it's, it's like life. You know, I, I love the fact that we, that Dennis has used uh, nature. You know, I, I, I might use terms a little different from ruthless, but I understand exactly what he's, what he means by that. And it's not this vicious, horrible thing. It's just it, mother life. Nature is, doesn't suffer fools. And you can wish all day that a uh, you know, that, that a hungry pack of dogs are not going to chase you down if you're you know, presenting yourself. But you can wish all day, but that's you. You better find a way to get away from those dogs and not try to negotiate with them, not try to uh, to hide from them, maybe. And so, to your question, uh, Chance, to me. I, it, it's it's the wrong question to ask. Can we can we save that? You know that ship may have already sailed. The important and, and I'm not even saying we make something new. We it we have to start with our ourselves as individuals, and 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 our 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 immediate families. And uh, yeah, I, okay, I can't uh, I can't go to my local Mexican restaurant now, sit down and have a meal, because some arbitrary government weenie that is trying to cover his ass or her ass is uh, trying to make sure that the, they don't have to deal with the, you know, if they have to deal with accountability, they can say, well, I did everything I could. That's not the accountability that I'm talking about. And I doubt very seriously. That's the same accountability that, that Dennis is talking about. Right. But what we have to do, in, you know, we have to clear away the the detritus that is around us. Make sure that we don't have that dead wood in our immediate sphere. We have to prepare. We have to train. Sometimes we have to do hard things that we don't enjoy doing. And if you if seeds come off of a um, you know the, the little dandelion seeds, they don't care where they land. They're going to land. Some will sprout and grow. Some won't. Some will be buried for a long time and then magically sprout. We, it's, it's incumbent upon us, in my perspective, that we plant the seeds now. 
you know, in, in my formal training in, in my tradition, um, it is said that, you know, we are, we're planting the tree and this is said in other traditions too. It's not just mine that, you know, we're planting trees now that we will never sit under the shade of because things have gone so far awry and askew. It's going to take a long time for things to, to turn around. So we do our part now. Maybe we get to come back in some other life if, 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 you know, that's your, your mythology that, that you hang with. And maybe we then get to experience the things, but we just, we can only do right now what we can do in my perspective. So I'm not concerned about trying to save the old. I'm not concerned about trying to replace it with something new. I'm, I'm concerned about my little sphere of influence. You know, the, 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 the interactions that I have with, with, with my brothers with you know the the opportunities that I have to speak to you know younger folks like yourself, um, you know Dennis teaches me. He's you know he's that's he's my elder. I look up to him. You know, uh, uh, with real numbers because he's sixty six, and I'm I'll be seven 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 sixty seven. Oh, well, even more yes, respect, sir. more respect on your name. <laughs> but I here. <laughs> yeah, but we got to you know don't don't the, the the existing constructs have proven that they are not up to the task. Now that's not to say that you can't you know, you, you buy a house and you want to remodel it and you don't complete the, but there's a lot of good stuff there. So you, you, you get rid of the dead wood, you get rid of the bad stuff. Okay. Well, the, the foundation of this is, is jamming. It's, it's the right size. Um, and it's, it's, it's lasted for hundreds of years. And so you know, what can we do to build, you know, something new and beautiful on top incorporating this? That's an important thing. What, what we have historically done and it's been wrong is to just pile shit on top of shit on top of shit on top of shit and wonder why everything smells and looks like a pile of shit. <laughs> so that's, you know, that's my perspective on it. And I don't have any, I don't have a, a plan. I don't have a, an outline that, you know, we can draw it up on a board. I just, I do what I can do. And you know, I, I, it makes me sad because I feel like what I do is not enough, but I, you know, maybe there's a force multiplier in coming together like this and having these very difficult discussions and, and being accountable and realizing, you know, uh, I, I am right on that tail end of the boomer generation, you know, for, for the longest time, they, they, they couldn't decide if I was a baby boomer, if I was the you know first, uh, generation X. But it's kind of, you know, come in now that boomer. Well, I'm telling you what, our generation dropped the ball. You know, they, everybody was too busy trying to recreate the summer of love and everybody wanted to have hippie peace, love and understanding. And let me tell you, I, I, I talk to trees. I hug trees. I love trees. But I also recognize that they're not going to solve my problems. I've got to deal with my own problems. And you know, we, we've actually had this discussion face to face between myself, um, Dennis and a certain, uh, chief petty officer that we all know and love. Yeah. And we've, we've, we've admitted we, we dropped the ball. We've, 
and we're trying to make up. And I said, you know, our generation dropped the ball and, you know, we contributed to it. So you know, what can we do now to, to, to mitigate some damage? So, you know, that was a, an incredibly long winded answer that really didn't give you an answer, but uh, Mr. Hines bail me out here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think that this is what we're seeing right now. Uh, what I what I just experienced as Red Horse was talking. What I there's such a congruity in the way that I perceive things and the lessons I've learned over 67 years with what he was saying. It it's like. I could, I would just be repeating the same things. If I had spoken first, Billy would be saying what I'm saying. It's, I think that's one common thing right there that comes from experience. And, and the, uh, the whole thing about, um, a changing tide or a, uh, a rising tide or whatever it is that we're seeing, because I think we all feel that energy. Uh, the uh, different sides now have come to the point where drawn blood. It's, uh, this is getting real now. Uh, we could, when we had a lot of room to spare and a lot of bandwidth. Well, yeah, then then we can we can fool around with a lot of things. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that. that wait a minute, um, this if we continue in the direction, certain direction, that means really an end to my existence as I know it. And there are other people that says, well, that's enough. I don't want to immolate myself on an idea of um, some magical mystery place where magical mystery thinking solves all the problems. The problems are real and we've got to address those problems. So you have, I've seen this before, uh, a clash of cultures, uh, it's, it, it's occurred. It seems more acute now because it's, it's, it's always been swinging over to one direction. Every time it bounces, it bounces deeper into that direction. And I think that uh, there's a momentum building of people that have, have, I mean, to be straight up, they've had enough. It's like, this is enough. Uh, okay, no more. You're, you're getting into the bone now. You can't have any more of that. Uh, I want to get along. I don't want to live a life of conflict, but you're pushing to the point where I've, I've got to act against that. I've got to push back. Um, so, but I think that the, the you know, uh, it's, it's like what Billy was saying about you, you've got a wonderful edifice. You've got a wonderful foundation. You have all these wonderful hand carved mules in the staircase and everything like this. You just don't bring a bulldozer in and clean that out, and put up a concrete block house. So we are, we have, there's a lot of value 
but we're going to build, I think, and, and it's the same, it's perfect what he was saying about the dandelion and the seeds. That's pretty much what brought me to Twitter. That's why I'm on Twitter is I'm planting seeds. I'm blowing on that puff and those seeds are floating out there and I won't see any shade from that. I won't see those trees grow, but even if it's just five people that it sticks on, then they'll do the same thing. And I think that's how I don't think that things are going to happen in a, a clash and a storm and then everything's going to, the, the wind will clear and blow and everything's going to be like, la, la, la. I think it's a struggle that is ongoing. It's not going to end. There's not going to be a final winner. It's in us. We have to stand our ground. We have to represent what it is that we believe in. And then now, though, when you get a push, when you get someone that's infringing on your basic standards and values, it's, it's, it's incumbent on us because we see it in society. We must push back. We must say something. If someone is licking anything in a grocery store, it's incumbent on us to do something actionable now, here, just like a, a puppy pissing on the floor. You, you take care, you, you give it the swat with the newspaper real quick, you set it out the door. It learns. And I think that's what, what we're missing is that because of all the convoluted consequences to any action that says, hey, listen, buddy. That's not cool where we're from, okay? You don't do that in front of me, period. And I think we've lost a lot of that, but it's coming back. I think, like I say, people are bunching their shoulders and say, well, I got to get up off my ass and get into this. And I, I am optimistic about that. Okay. I think this situation can be seen in many different lights. But I'm optimistic about the things that it's revealed, the, the curtain that's been pulled away from this, this Wizard of Oz that's in there, get, been, been uh, painting some kind of show for us. And now we're starting to see that, that some of these things actually make a difference about whether I have bread on my table. I've got to stand up. I've got to get involved. And that's what that would be my clarion to the younger people, people of, of your age chance. Look, it's on you guys. It's your generation. We can point fingers at my generation and the one before it and the one before it and the one before it. But you just happen to be the ones that are there on the spot. And there's only so much that I can do. There's only so much that we can do. There's, it's like we know you guys have the reins. You're, you're going to have to do it. And that's what, uh, that would be a difference between generational differences, how I see it. Like this whole thing about opening up or not to open up and you're going to kill people and all that. And it's like, look, I don't want a generation of young people 
who are in their 20s and 30s where they're actually establishing themselves. They're finding out what they can do. They're looking, they're creating, they're building, they're on the way up. I do not think, and I've got skin in this game. I, I am in the profile. I do not think that my situation is such that it outweighs the youth, the young people, the people coming up. It's like, look, everybody gets to meet the Grim Reaper. We don't want to, we can't, we can't offshore that and, or, or parse it out to people. I've had my run. I've had my, I've been on that arc. Okay. I'm at that spot. I'm not, I do not think that we should, I do not think that we should sacrifice the young on the altar of the old. Yeah, and the the thing that'll blow your mind if you want to think about this is to it could be perceived that what we've been talking about for the last twenty minutes is directly regarding the uh, the the coronavirus thing and the lockdowns and the societal. Uh, frictions that are that led up to it and that are being revealed by it. This is only a symptom of something much, much greater, much deeper. It, it, it literally it it goes up and it goes down. We're talking societal, planetary, and we're to, and you take it in the other direction too. The same things that are being manifested in the world are going on inside every single person on the planet. So if we can find some, some solace and if we can find some uh, relief at one end of the spectrum, it will translate if we allow it to in the other. That's when the changes begin to happen. And the, not just uh, you know, putting Band-Aids on a gunshot wound, but actually healing, fixing things, and getting back to why we're on this planet in the first place. And all of this, this petty bickering and arguing and political nonsense, again, not, I'm not talking about politics, I'm talking about the mindset of politics. All of this, you know, my club is better than your club. Once we get out of that mindset, get back to, you know, I always say when I need to judge the validity and veracity of something, I look to nature. That's why I look, I love uh, Dennis speaking earlier about, you know, whether we use the term ruthless or not. Nature is true. Nature is always true to herself. And if we, you know, uh, Chance, you've been uh, posting uh, photos lately on Twitter and on your Instagram, Memento Mori, of all of the uh, the remains of the the sacred beings that you encounter while you're out on your uh, nature walks with your youngins and your and your beloved, um, the the gamut of emotions that I experience when I look at those sadness, joy, the recognition that this is indeed life. This is the circle of life because how many creatures lived because those creatures that you took the pictures of died. You know, death gives life, but let's let's not let you know the death of hope be what is the manure that will feed new generations. Let's 
let's let hope itself be the thing that's going to to change hearts and change minds and and be you know to to your topic the 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 art of living the art of the elder you know i i want to get to the place where dennis and i can and and that old chief petty officer we were talking about can come together again sit down you know a good cup of coffee or uh, you know a good stiff whiskey and just sit around and talk about stuff not have to not have to worry or, or I, don't, I don't i don't worry and but uh, concern ourselves with the the silliness of the day you know that we can fully give our attention to the the brotherhood that we share that we can fully give our attention to to the sunset that we can fully give the attention as you were describing earlier of seeing seeing one of your kids fall and then get back up and 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 you know grow as a result of it that's that's what this is all about this is what you know any elder worth their salt is wanting to do is to to just be the example be there to to you know spout off a little wisdom every once in a while but then just stay out of the way and let the young bucks and the young does do do the heavy lifting that really make life worth living. I like to tell people that everything I need to know about life I've learned on the mountain. Hey. And you know, you just got me thinking about something. When I'm out on those hikes with children with my wife there's a lot of there's a lot of uh sort of just go just go do it when when are we getting to the place we're going i don't know when i when we see the place we'll know it it's, it's just one of those things where we're not hiking to a place where we're enjoying the hike we're enjoying the fact of being here we're enjoying the fact that we're getting stronger and each other's company and look i i turned over this log look at all these creepy crawlies under here Go, mm. go throw this millipede at your mom and freak her out. No, don't, <laughs> you know, but I, I sort of had the, and I've learned to love these moments in my life, but I had the opportunity to sort of turn that same attitude on myself because as you were answering the idea before, you know, that was the wrong question you, you said to me about whether or not we can sort of, whether we're too far gone to stop the forest fire. And I thought to myself, that's it. That's one of those moments. I was asking you, uh, are we there yet? And you're like, it's not, it's not the, yeah, it's not exactly. the important question. It's not about whether or not exactly. we're there. It's about, exactly. it's about whether or not we're moving. You know, I, I, I fought wildland forest fires for a summer. And when we weren't on fires, we would do other things. Cut trail, uh, go thin pine beetle, dead trees. But one of the things we did is sometimes people would hire us to come in and do defensible space around their uh, homes in the woods. And we would go cut down everything within 50 feet of their home so that even if a forest fire should come, they would have a much higher likelihood of being able to come out of that forest fire with their home intact, with their lives intact. And I, I think that my my sort of uh, message after listening to you gentlemen speak and and measuring my own thoughts is 
is sort of the same thing that we've all been saying time and again, which is take care of that home, take care of what's in it and, and create that defensible space. This is your, you know, your home is where all your precious things are. It's, it's mostly in here and in here, but it is also the physical space that you embody with the people that you love. Take care of this and this and this and, and create a little defensible space. You know, there is, there, there is a lot of dead wood out there, but that doesn't mean that it has to be within your home, within your sphere of influence. And, you know, I'll, I'll share just a little personal deal about that, which is, uh, I've talked about my dad and he's, he's a rock solid dude in, in every sense of that word. And he's always been there for me and cared for me and loved me. Um, and he's set a foundation that will carry my family into the future in a lot of different ways. Um, with attitude, with, with bearing, with wealth management, with, personal responsibility is one of the core ethics that the Lunsfords live by. And my mom is very much not that. And I love my mother and I'm grateful to her for bringing me into the world. But beyond that, um, I've had to remove her from my life because um, the only things that I've ever received from her besides the gift of life have been negativity and um, trying to sort of be like a vampire to my happiness and, and, and my world. And, um, so that's a person that I, and the reason I bring this up, you know, blood is important. Blood to me is thicker than water, but at the same time, I can't have in my life just like a flaming log and expect my home not to burn down. And I, I use this personal example because there's a lot, inside of me that wishes that it wasn't that way. And I think that's a lot of what's going on in society. It's like people wish things weren't so harsh. People wish things weren't so divisive. People wish a lot of things, but you can't get away from the reality. And the reality is that I can't have a person in my life who only drags me down, who only steals from my heart and steals from my essence and influences my children to be less than they could be. And so my mother is not a part of my life. And that's one of the two people who brought me into this world. And it, it hurts me to talk about it. You know, it hurts, but I have to have that defensible space and I have to have that home with the, with the porch swept and the things aligned and to provide a safe place for my children to learn who they want to be. And for me to be able to be the kind of man who is, able to lead them and to guide them and to provide that safe place because I'm not being poisoned. And there are a lot of things out there that might be dear to you otherwise, but they're poisoning you. Mm. You can't have something in your life poisoning you and then expect to be well, you have to take it out of your life. And that's my message. And I, I didn't mean to get so emotional, but it, that's, it's one of the great pains of my life. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that whatever the cost to you to provide that real safe space, not the safe space from discomfort, but the safe space from things that kill you, 
from the safe space of things that poison you and steal from who you could be. You have to make that. You have to take it upon yourself. Is it lifting weights? Yeah, it is. Is it eating well? Yes, it is. Is it managing your relationships? Yes, it is. Is it taking the time to notice the beautiful things in life? Yeah, it is. Is it remembering you're going to die? Yeah, it is. It's all those things. Life's not easy. It's pretty simple. Like we've laid out the things that are important are simple, but it's not easy. It's, a, it's hard, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And that doesn't mean that you should let yourself get away with making excuses or justifications for why you're not doing the things you know you should. And that's, that's what it's, that's what this conversation has been about. And that's why I love both of you gentlemen. And that's why you are my cool uncles in this situation is because I, I see you talking about these things and I see you demonstrating these things and I see you just ringing that bell time and again. Hey guys, look, look, look over here. Look, look, do you see, do you see, look, you don't have to be an asshole. You don't have to be a mess. You don't have to be something less than you decide to be. And there's no excuse for you not to be. It doesn't matter the politics. It doesn't matter the society. It doesn't matter any of this. It's you. It's you. Who are you going to be? Are you, and are you willing to face the consequences? The consequences right now for being someone like me, especially in the digital space, you know, a person like me, they don't, they don't necessarily like to have me around. They've shown that to me a couple of times now, but I thought it was more than a couple of times. (laughs) So, so that's my, that's my, I I know I kind of rambled on there for a minute, but it's an important message that I just wanted to share with people because the people who listen to this know that I care about them. That's why I have a very devoted, audience is because they know this is this is important to me and it's important to me that I share with them and I guess um, sort of on that note I would like you gentlemen to maybe sum up the message you'd like this conversation to be for those who are going to tune in uh, to just kind of close in on or to to sum up or to sort of hit home on the things we've been talking about. And um, maybe I went first and I'm the youngest, so we could kick it over to you next red horse. And then we'll, we'll finish with Mr. Hines and then we can, uh, we can sort of wrap this conversation up. Hey, hey, well, wisdom does not know age. Wisdom is wisdom. And you shared quite a bit and uh, Hey, I honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you for that medicine. Um, I've, as for wrapping this up, uh, you know, this little, uh, foray into wonderfulness, uh, if, if folks would like to consider more my, uh, perspective on elders and, and, and wisdom, I would direct them to the gentlemanmystic.com uh, or gentlemanmystic.com. Either one will work. And, uh, a little search bar, just type in the word elder. And you will find an essay that has, I mean, it's, it's routinely the most visited on my, uh, on my blog and it's called, uh, where have all the elders gone? And it is a call that it's an admission that, uh, some people, uh, individually and generation generationally have, uh, dropped the ball and that if we're going to fix this, you know, we we're in, we're in it together, but it's really kind of depends on the youth. The youth are going to have to have to man up 
They're going to have to be, be elders before their time. And you know, the unfortunate thing is if there's not the examples out there that are worth following, it's a catch as catch can. You know, mistakes are going to be made. But um, that's, uh, that little piece, it, it, you know, I, I tend to write much more eloquently than I speak. So it's uh, it's one of my uh, one of my prouder moments in getting this message across. So I invite everybody to look at that and just you know recognize that the people and the institutions out there that want you to be miserable, they want you to be miserable for a reason because it keeps you under their thumb, under their uh, uh, observation and it allows them to do things that they want to do that really probably shouldn't be done. Um, I, I don't call for revolution. I don't call for rebellion systemically. I call for rebellion and revolution individually. And if you don't know how to go about throwing a good rebellion Find you a crazy uncle. You know, find you. you I'm, I'm not saying come to us. Yeah, there's probably somebody in your sphere already that you know, and just and and maybe it's not even a a, a person that's still alive. Maybe it's a book. You know, maybe it's a story. Maybe it's a, a mythology. I'm telling you, if you don't really know where to go, go out in nature. Especially if you've spent your whole life in the city. Don't be afraid of, of the snakes and the, and the mosquitoes and, you know, be smart, but don't be afraid to go out into nature and to just sit and talk with life. Because if you will sit quietly and listen, you will start getting answers. You know, this is, this is not unicorn farts. This is not airy fairy new you know new agey hippie spirituality i'm talking about this is what our ancestors did that's how they learned they learned by observing nature not by reading some book they they went to the source and that's a start and again with what we started this whole conversation off with there are so many gears and 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 complications in play right now that to try and, and, and fix it all at one time is going to be, it, it, it's a, a, a chore worthy of Sisyphus. It's not going to happen. So you have to start someplace and then move positively in a life affirming direction from there. And don't be afraid to, to stumble and make mistakes. Uh, I think I can speak for Dennis with this as, as much as myself. We still screw up. We make mistakes. The problem, you know, what, what separates us is that we acknowledge the mistakes quicker, course correct quicker, and don't try to, to hide our embarrassment. It's <laughs> just, there it is. There it is. And We've got less time to course correct. You got it. You got it. You know, there's, and that, again, it, it all, this all ties in. It's accountability. And, you know, I'm, I'm not in this game to, to, to have, you know, fans and, 
and uh, be a rock star. I just, I want to live a life where I can, where the most important thing for me during the day is deciding what pair of Crockett and Jones boots I'm going to put on today and where I'm going to go have lunch and with whom I'm going to have a wonderful meal. And then coming back home and, and spending a, 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 an evening of just magic with the Lady Mystic and talking about things that matter to us. I don't want to have to deal with all this other crap. But whether I want to deal with it or not, it's, it's in my space and I have to do what, what has to be done. So... That's beautiful, man. <laughs> what about you, Mr. Hines, Mr. Do Hard Things? Why don't you, uh, why don't you do drop it on thing. us? <laughs> well, um, I, I want to go where, where my heart is right now. Um, in reference to... Um, but you showed us chance when, uh, when you recounted or you spoke of the situation with your mother, that, uh, that's a hard thing. You, uh, You have the strength of character to reveal that in front of God and everybody. And uh, I salute you for that. That, my friend, was a pearl. Well, thank you very much. It's uh, I'm of the mind that if you have something to share, you should. We all have that in common. Yeah, not just we three. E. You have a talent for saying a lot without saying much. You know, I'm very grateful to you gentlemen for for coming to have this conversation with me and I'm very honored to have had it and to be able to share it with the people out there. And uh, I just want you to know that I respect each of you and I'm grateful to have you in my life and to be able to share mine with you and to be able to have the influence and the wisdom that each of you pours forth every day um, have a little bit of that splash on my world. Um, if you'd uh, if you'd be so kind, I'd like each of you to just let people know where they can find you on the on the internet. You already mentioned your website, Red Horse, but if you want to tell them where they can find you on the on the Twitter and and you too, Mr. Hines, and uh, then we can close her out. All right, Twitter at Billy Red Horse, 
uh, Instagram, which I don't do a whole hell of a lot with anymore, but uh, occasionally it, it tends to be a little bit more about the gentleman side of stuff rather than just the mystic. But even then I've slipped some stuff in the back door. Uh, I believe that's just at gentleman mystic. Yeah, I'm sure you could probably do a, uh, if you go to my website, the the blog uh, on the right hand side is a scroll down. There's all of the links to get to, to, to my socials. Um, you know, there's some other projects in the works and uh, I feel like if I say anything right now, it's going to be a little too soon, but, uh, stay tuned. Same bat channel, same bat station. <laughs> same bat time and uh we'll see what the mystic has up his sleeve you think folks are going to get that billy well the gray wave will <laughs> the gray wave will even the jv might know that one <laughs> yeah well uh i'm uh only on twitter at uh dennis michael hines that's pretty much it. And, um, I'm good with that too. Perfect. Well, gentlemen, once again, thanks very much. Uh, I'm very grateful and I feel like this is a conversation that ended up being just what I was hoping for. And, uh, I know, I know the value that this conversation has provided for me. And I know the gems that have been dropped along the way, and I hope people will uh, listen carefully. Um, and I guess with that, uh, I think we're good. You, you good? Oh, yeah. In that case, this has been the Logos and Trivical Podcast. I have been Chance Lunsford. He's been Billy Redhorse. He's been Dennis Michael Hines. This has all been allegedly, and we're out.